pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our salvation. Amen. St. Paul writes about the spiritual warfare that we as Christians still are engaged in as he was engaged in his own lifetime. Ephesians. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Last Sunday, Pastor Tiemann introduced a series of sermons titled Hollywood Heroes. Now, the idea behind this series of sermons, and they're going to continue for several more Sundays, is that some of the Hollywood movies, even today, tap into our deepest desires and into our fondest aspirations. And some of these movies, as the one we'll be discussing this morning, can point us toward Jesus Christ, the true hero, the direction of the one who fights our battles successfully for us. Now, animated films, and now especially computer animated films, may not be everyone's choice of entertainment. But for teenagers, for 20-somethings, and for many 30-somethings, those who have been raised on MTV, comic books, and TikTok, they are very popular. Since 2008, 15 years ago, one company, Marvel, has released a little more than 20 different animated films and kind of hybrid films that are based on heroes from different comic books. These films I think 21 or 22, have been enormously popular over, over the last 15 years worldwide. Those 20 or so films have grossed over $20 billion. It's a huge, huge industry. People are watching them. Now, just to see what's happening in movies these days, a couple of days ago, Friday afternoon, I decided to go see Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse here in Crystal Lake. If it's been a while since you've seen an animated film, and now particularly a computer animated film, man, these movies are something else. Absolutely stunning, the videography. And let me say it's a fairly complicated movie as well, and long, two and a half hours I sat there. And it was a challenge sometimes to just kind of figure out where the storylines are going. In fact, I would say that there are more storylines and plots in the latest Spider-Man movie than they are in a typical Donald Trump campaign speech. <laughs> I mean, just kind of here and there. And you, and you really have to be on your toes. But if you've not been to one of these lately, do yourself a favor. These are amazing amazing feats of cinematography today. As I mentioned, already 60 years, 60 years ago, back in 1963, Marvel Comics produced 
a whole series of what would be a whole series of comic books along the Avengers series, Spider-Man, all these sorts of things. Forty years later, beginning in 2008, those comic books were transformed into movies. In 2008 specifically, the first one came out, I think it was the first Marvel Comic Universe movie, titled Iron Man, huge success. Robert Downey Jr. was the lead actor there and he kind of made that film. Jeff Bridges was in it, Gwyneth Paltrow as well. As well. Fantastic, it got all kinds of reviews and, and the, the people who went to comics really got into Iron Man. Now, there, there's no indication, there's never been, that the author of that comic book and several other comic books later, a man named Stan Lee, was himself a Christian, or that he ever intended to give his comics and then finally his movie a kind of a Christian flavor or Christian approach. There's nothing distinctively Christian about that comic book or the movie, we have to admit. And yet, and yet, we can draw some remarkable parallels between the movie Iron Man on the one hand and our Christian faith on the other. I'm guessing that I don't have to go far out of the limb this morning to say that many of us here, maybe most of us here, have not seen the original Iron Man movie. Because of that, here's a quick summary, kind of a Reader's Digest version of what that movie was about. Tony Stark, the main character of the movie, inherits a business that manufactures weapons of war. He is successful in business. He accumulates wealth, connections, and power, which makes him self-centered and self-congratulating. He lives his life on his own terms. He describes himself as genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, and he says of himself, Apparently, I'm volatile, self-obsessed, and I don't play well with others. <laughs> About midway in the film, in a moment, moment of candor, he admits, I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff, got a great girl, occasionally save the world. Why can't I sleep? During an attempted kidnapping, he suffers a serious chest injury. When his captors try to force him to build weapons of mass destruction, he instead creates a mechanized suit of armor which he uses to save his life and escape captivity. That event changes his life. I came to realize they had more to offer this world than just making things that blow up. Tony goes on to develop his suit, later adding weapons and other high-tech devices. He finds a purpose in serving others. He uses the suit to protect the world as Iron Man with his biggest and final battle against the evil Thanos. In that battle, Tony loses his life. That's the plot of the comic book, and that's the plot of the movie as well. Right out of the box, it's easy to find two glaringly obvious connections between Iron Man again on the one hand and our Christian faith on the other. First, the plot of Iron Man is, is really a repeat. It's a 
another way of stating the classic historic conflict between good and evil. That seems to have been an observation of the human condition as far back as we can go into human literary history. People have been writing about this for 1,000, 2,000, we believe 3,000 years. And now in Iron Man, and as, as in the Christian faith as well, we hear again an account, that cosmic battle between good and evil. Second, Tony Stark loses his life to save the universe. Isn't that the core of the Christian faith as well? Not in fantasy, not in animation, not in the movies, but in flesh and blood. Jesus took on the forces of evil in the epic battle of Golgotha. And there he brought us back to our creator God. As finally good trumped evil then and will be revealed to trump evil in our afterlife. The triumph of Jesus Christ over evil is our animating hope. It is our aspiration as Christians. It is at the core of what we believe. Now, in addition to those broad, broad common understandings and parallels that we're engaged in a cosmic struggle between good and evil, and that also Jesus Christ is the final winner of that cosmic battle, not in fantasy, but in real life. In addition to those truths, let me draw four other brief connections between Iron Man on the one hand and Jesus Christ and the Christian faith on the other. For example, the path that Tony Stark takes from selfish tech giant to true hero parallels the Christian faith. We call it in part sanctification. It's not how you start in life, the Christian faith teaches. It's not even how often or how badly you fall and fail. It's how you finish. Tim Keller was a well-known Presbyterian author and pastor in New York City. He went to his own glory about a month ago. Keller wrote this about grace and forgiveness at one point. He said, if you were a hundred times worse than you are, your sins would be no match for his grace. If you were a hundred times worse than you presently are, your sins would be no match for God's grace. In his own way, Tony Stark in the movie needed to hear that, and we need to hear it as well from a Christian perspective. No matter how far we wander from the God who loves us, the trip back is only one small step. God is a God of second chances, and sometimes third, and even more. 
Some of us have run into choppy waters in our past. Others of us have been shipwrecked. God is always there waiting to rescue us. Many of us need to hear that. Not once, but often. God is a God of grace and love. Second, Iron Man reminds us of the power of parents, especially of fathers in our lives. As Pastor Tiemann indicated, and as you well know fully, today is Father's Day. Estimates of what is spent on Father's Day and Mother's Day are kind of all over the map. One estimate is that last month, Americans spent about $34, $35 billion on Mother's Day, and this weekend, Americans will spend about $23 billion on Father's Day. So $35 billion for a mom, $23 billion for dad. Seems that Father's Day is just like Mother's Day, except a whole lot cheaper, right? Apparently. In the movie, Tony Stark grew up after his father passed away in his early childhood, in Tony's early childhood. And from what Tony remembered, and those are just snippets of memory, his father was harsh and cold and calculating. But then later on in his midlife, Tony is told of his father's words many years earlier when his father said, Tony, you are my greatest creation. Those words were a, tone, a turning point in Tony's life. Those words, and, and certainly scripture even more so in the Christian tradition, remind us that fathers have a deep, deep reservoir of power and influence in children's lives, as do mothers. There, there's no, no secret today, you watch the news, to understand that there is no agreement necessarily, even in our own country, about who trains children today. It is a Christian perspective to see fathers and mothers grow into those responsibilities as God has directed that the first line of influence and the most important line of influence in their child's life is what is lent to them as their parents, their fathers and mothers introduce them to reality and then introduce them also, in our case, to the Christian faith. Third, Tony Stark moved from a self-serving billionaire to a helping force for good. Self-serving to other-serving. In captivity, Tony Stark was gravely wounded in Iron Man, saved from death by a surgeon, Yensen. Tony says to the surgeon, thank you for saving me. To this, Yensen replies, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. And those words made a huge, huge impression on Tony Stark and Iron Man. Live a life of purpose. Don't waste your life. 21 years ago, California Pastor Rick Warren wrote this book, The Purpose Driven Life. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for 90 weeks, nearly two years. 
More than 50 million copies of this book have been sold worldwide, translated into 85 different languages. It speaks to a human need to live a life of purpose. Don't waste your life. Near the end of this book, Warren writes, living on purpose is the only way to really live. You should develop a purpose statement for your life and then review it regularly. If there is a better book outside the Bible itself to get us thinking about living a life on purpose from a Christian perspective, I don't know what it is. Finally, Iron Man gives us some very very fine advice, very solid advice, very sound advice about guarding our emotions, guarding our desires. Guarding our heart is what is said, but, but our heart is really a shorthand for our thoughts, our passions, our values, because what's in our heart determines the outcome of our lives. In the movie Iron Man, Following surgery in which a device is planted in his chest to shield his physical heart from remaining shrapnel that's still in his body, Tony is advised, guard your heart. That was meant literally, physically, because if that shrapnel moved and got into some of the different parts of his inner body, it would have been sheer death. A very, very long time ago, nearly 3,000 years ago, we believe, King Solomon in Proverbs says it this way. He says it in a spiritual sense. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything in you flows from there. If we are not disciplined, if we are not focused on living the Christian life, we can easily be led to places where we ought not go to do things we ought not do. Temptations are everywhere. Many outside us, many inside. Guard your heart, guard your heart. Is Iron Man on the same level of scripture? No, it's not even close, we all understand that. But we can look below the surface of these works to, to tease out some truths, some longings that again are common to the human condition. For Christians, we are reminded, we are, we are directed to look to the real flesh and blood, Jesus of Nazareth, the God of another world, who is our true hero. In the meantime, as we wait for our superhero to be revealed in eternity, in the meantime, we have some battles to engage. As Christians, we are not sitting on the sidelines, on the bench, while others play the game of life, and as we simply wait for the game clock to run out. Instead, we are on the field ourselves, engaged in the contest and enjoying 
our life. As we are engaged in real forces, forces that want to do evil in our world and to us, we need to know that we are not alone, but that we are equipped in the, battle that's, in the battles that we have. St. Paul wrote it this way. The words that St. Paul wrote are a perfect fit, and they go hand in glove with this theme of Iron Man. Here's what, here's what St. Paul wrote, Ephesians chapter 3. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. The battle is on. The challenges are real. Our hero is Jesus. We've got the armor we need. For the message that Jesus is our real hero, and for the equipment that all of us have now to do our own individual battles, for the beginning of a beautiful, beautiful Father's Day, and so much more, we say this morning, thanks, thanks, and thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the faith which comes through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We stand now as together we confess the Apostles' Creed.